Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What are these strange sounds being reported from all over the world? Are they warnings of earthquakes or other disasters to come? Or are they, as some believe, the trumpets of the apocalypse? Hello there, and welcome to the 353rd, uh, 55th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and one of the creepiest shows we've ever done. I'm Ben, and those creepy questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Oh, so before we get into our subject, sorry, I thought it was his line. It's our, it's time for our weekly paranormal contest. So last week's question was, what town in New England was the center of the witchcraft hysteria from 1647 to 1663? And no, this was not a trick question. Well, actually, I mentioned last week that it was a trick question. Anyway, oh. uh, everyone who tried to answer, everyone who tried to answer fell for it giving the answer is Salem, Massachusetts. The correct answer was Hartford, Connecticut. The far better known Salem witchcraft hysteria took place 30 years later in the 1690s. Lesser known and more deadly was the witchcraft hysteria in the river towns of the Connecticut Valley from 1647 to 1663. Uh, Ben and I had several ancestors who were caught up in that, and nearly 40 people were executed. Uh, one of our ancestors uh, had, I guess this, this stuff must run in the family. Uh, his name was Nicholas Desborough. Uh, my ninth and Ben's tenth great-grandfather. And here's a quote from what happened to him. Uh, and this got him involved in the witchcraft uh, trouble just from what happened. Uh, in the year 1683, the house of Nicholas Desborough at Hartford was very strangely molested by stones, by pieces of earth, by cl- cobs of Indian corn, and other such things from an invisible hand thrown at him, sometimes through the door, sometimes through the window, sometimes down the chimney, and sometimes from the floor of the room, though very close over his head. And sometimes he met with uh, this in the shop, the yard, the barn, and the field. There was no violence in the motion of the things thus thrown by the invisible hand, and though others besides the man happened sometimes to be hit, they were never hurt with them. Only the man himself, that's my poor ancestor, uh, once had pain given to his arm, and once blood fetched from his leg. Funny, the same thing happened to me in 1974, hit by a flying television set, presumably thrown by a poltergeist. Anyway, but by these annoyances and a fire in any unknown way kindled, consumed no little part of his estate. So poor old Grandpa Nicholas had lots of trouble. Interestingly, we're always talking about anger feeding these parasitical entities that we believe are responsible for phenomena of this kind. Quote, this trouble began upon a controversy between Desborough and another person about a chest of clothes, which the man apprehended to be unrighteously detained by Desborough. And it endured for diverse months, but upon restoring of the clothes thus detained, the trouble ceased. They made up. Things got better. That's kind of our theory anyway. All right, so this week's question is, uh, what is the word for a visible ghost or animated corpse that was believed to return from the grave to terrorize the living? That's another trick question. All right, so be first to get that right and win a copy of the newest edition of Footsteps in the Attic, my dad's most popular book. 
I I don't know. Should we say this? I don't know about welcoming no, callers. I don't. No, probably not. We're going to no, be no. a lot of the show is a pre-recorded interview uh, with our our uh, guest host Linda Moulton Howe. But anyway, uh, our guests we, we have two of them this evening are by way of recorded interviews from the live CBS radio edition of our show. Uh, if you want to look for the podcast on behindtheparanormal.com, it's show number three two zero three twenty, which aired on Sunday, February nineteenth of this year. Uh, the show was available, as I say, at, in full at the website behind the. Paranormal.com. Linda Moulton Howe, our good friend, is a three-time Emmy Award-winning journalist, filmmaker, author, and broadcaster who has devoted her documentary film, television, and radio career to productions about science, medicine, and the environment. She is the recipient of many local, national, and international awards. Investigative reporter for Premier Radio Network, Linda is a familiar voice on Coast to Coast AM. Among other books, she is the author of Mysterious Lights and Crop Circles. Her amazing website is earthfiles.com. Larry Lowe is a veteran aerospace journalist, pilot, and broadcaster with three decades of research into UFO phenomena. Uh, he served on the board of directors of the Los Angeles branch of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and hosted their cable television interview program. He has appeared on numerous television documentaries, most recently a National Geographic sp- special on the Phoenix Lights. So, here we go. Bear with us here. So, Larry and Linda, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you. And, Paul, I thought that I would uh, begin as we talked doing the first half hour with segments that I have been producing for earthfiles.com and for radio segments that have to do with these strange worldwide sounds. And then, as we go through all three, uh, that will also include a discussion with the NASA astrophysicist about some of the strange hypotheses about what is making these sounds, then Larry and I and you and whoever else, we can talk about it. So I think at this point, as we go forward on February 19th, there are at least 40 videos now on YouTube that are circulating around the world with strange, often unexplained sounds recorded over the past year since at least March 2011. Listeners report that eerie sounds, some compared to a chorus of trumpets or horns, other sounds compared to an old TV playing in the distance, or low drums, or a droning white noise, something like a distant freeway, but where there is no freeway. Those that have experienced the strange sounds say that first they look upward, but what they are hearing surrounds them without a specific source point. Let's go back in time now to the afternoon of August 22nd, 2011, six months ago. Two hikers were videotaping as they walked in the Spanish Peak State Wildlife Area, not far from Copedale, Colorado, near the New Mexico border, when a very strange, low-pitched drumming sound filled the air around them. And then some time after Colorado clocks went past midnight into August 23, 2011, the U.S. Geological Service registered seven earthquakes with epicenters about seven miles southwest of Cokedale. One was a 5.3 magnitude earthquake, one of the bigger ones in Colorado history. A few hours later, that same day of the 23rd, After the Colorado earthquakes and across the United States to Virginia near Mineral, northwest of Richmond, 
The USGS registered a 5.8 earthquake at 2.04 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the earthquake that cracked the Washington Monument and caused the Pentagon and the Capitol to be evacuated. The Colorado hikers who had recorded the strange drumming sound the afternoon before wondered about all the earthquake activity in Colorado and Virginia on the same day of August 23rd, so they posted their video on YouTube and asked, quote, does this have any link to the Colorado and Virginia earthquakes, close quote. Here now, from Colorado Wilderness on August 22nd, 2011, is one of the hikers walking and videotaping as he and his friend try to understand where the strange drumming sound is coming from. And here is another weird and unexplained sound picked up on a videotape in Virginia not long before the East Coast earthquake as a father was videotaping his young daughter in their backyard. Just wanted to say hi. Recently, northeast of Nashville in Gallatin and southeast of Memphis in Olive Branch, Mississippi, on January 18th and January 19th, 2012, two different residents were shocked to hear all around them what each has compared to a chorus of trumpets or horns that were eerie, even frightening. The first experience was Wednesday, January 18th, 2012, 63-year-old Cindy Smith, a retired real estate agent, has lived in Gallatin, Tennessee, 35 miles northeast of downtown Nashville, in the same house for 27 years. It was 12.30 p.m., and Cindy was packing her car to visit her daughter's home to dog sit while her daughter was in Chicago for work. Cindy had walked from the house to put boxes in her car when she was stopped in her tracks by a sound she had never heard before. What follows is an excerpt from a videotape sound around 5 p.m. on August 11, 2011, from the fifth floor balcony of an apartment building in Kiev, Ukraine. This was only a week and a half before the earthquakes and strange sounds in Colorado and Virginia. Cindy Smith picked the following Kiev, Ukraine sound out of a montage of videos as the closest to what she heard in her Gallatin, Tennessee home only a month ago at 12.30 p.m. on January 18th. A 
I know this is going to sound strange, but my first thought was trumpets of revelation. I have to say it was frightening. And I have never heard any other sound like it in my life. Never. It was just so encompassing. It was just so loud. And I thought, oh, no, no, no. It's not the head. It has to be maybe my next-door neighbor had turned up the speakers too loud in this house. And that must be it. And so I just finished what I was doing, ran back in the house and looked back to see if there were any cars in the driveway at his house. And there were no cars there, so no one was home. So I was really puzzled about that. And the noise had stopped. It had gone on for about maybe a half a minute. I remembered later on, after I got to my daughter's house, that I had heard a report about some strange noise in Costa Rica. So I thought, well, I'm going to get on YouTube here and see if I can find something similar to what I heard. And the one in particular that I really thought was accurate was the one in Kiev, and it's dated August 11th. So evidently these sounds have been going on for some time. It was so unusual, and it was frightening. It just went to your core. I mean, it was just like nothing I've ever heard. It did sort of sound like trumpets. It had a very odd, almost a metallic sound to it. It had a almost like a groaning sound in a way, but yet there was like a, a musical quality to it, like a horn being blown. People have recorded it, and I realized that there was a mystery here, and I would love to know what it is. And when you felt fear, what was in your mind? Maybe it's a warning. Maybe something big is going to happen. You know, maybe it's something to get our attention. Then 15 hours later, beginning at 3.45 a.m. Central, for about five minutes, another chorus of trumpets was heard by 45-year-old William Wilson Smith, a newspaper delivery man for the Memphis Commercial Appeal. Will has been delivering papers to stores since September 2011. He also has worked as an audio engineer for musical groups and is sensitive to frequencies and audio dynamics. It was early morning Thursday, January 19th, on his regular route in Olive Branch, Mississippi, a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee, that he was astonished by the loud trumpets that suddenly surrounded him in every direction. It sounded like a chorus of trumpets, a chord of six or seven frequencies, maybe. Mm -hmm. It started up, uh, it seemed fairly loud, but it seemed like it was all around me, not like it was coming from any certain direction. It started up and it, it lasted, you know, a few seconds, probably 30 seconds, and kind of faded out. And then within a couple seconds, it started back up and it stayed pretty steady. I don't know, three, four, or five minutes, and every now and then it would fade out for a few seconds and come back. During those five minutes, were you aware of anything in your environment that changed? Yes. For me, it was almost like electricity in the air. I could feel my hair standing up. I know it was a very eerie feeling. There was a flock of starlings common around here this time of year. They're making a little racket of starlings do, and they quieted down during this and stayed quiet after it ended for a little while. And also there was just a little bit of traffic that time in the morning. 
car was passing by and they slowed down and rolled down their window and it came to a stop in the middle of the street for a few seconds and then drove on. What is your perception of where the sound was coming from? It seemed to be coming from all around me. No matter which way I turned, it had the same intensity. Did you have any sense that you were hearing more of the chorus of trumpets from above? Definitely. The sound was coming from every direction. The first direction I looked was up. I'm a very analytical person, and, you know, in retrospect, originally, you know, the mind says, ooh, train, but I'm looking up, and this seemed to be all around me, above me, feel the vibration. I don't think it was super loud that the sound was everywhere. Now, why wouldn't that be loud? Well, speaking as an ex-sound man, it had body, but not a lot of volume. The dynamic of it, I would say it was probably maybe 100 decibels. Human beings speak at around 70 to 80 decibels in a normal kind of voice. Train horn is probably 120 decibels if you're right next to the railroad tracks. I'd say it was definitely loud enough that when the sound ended, you had that echo or that fading of the sound and the sound traveled away. This was several frequencies, a very low frequency, which kind of moved in and out of it, and the mid-range frequencies seemed to be predominant. They held the longest with the least amount of breaks. If you were to take, say, a tube up, something that would operate on that low of a band and add it to maybe a couple train horns that are at different frequencies, it's hard to describe. This was a 30-second blast and then a three- to five-minute blast. Definitely not a train. Could this sound have been directed at you specifically? I hope not. What have you thought about could have been the source? A lot of things. Seismic activity, because we're in an area that they keep telling us have another major earthquake. Also, perhaps supernatural ideas have gone through my head about it. You know, maybe a veil between dimensions or universes is opening up. The way things are going, you just can't help but think, could it be Gabriel's horn? It's confusing to me right now because it really blew my mind. <laughs> Only a tiny minority are hearing them. Maybe it's a warning. What is the reason? I truly believe that we are on the verge of some sort of new version of humanity. Childhood television sound. Just a strange... It haunted me because uh, he's, uh, it was tuning these uh, recordings event. is not an exact science. So uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 12:40 a.m. and online at ownworldwide.com. Originating from New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley on a beautiful June day. Ben, take it away. Every Pawsox game is filled with sights you really just can't forget. There's the green of the field, the blue of the sky. The pitcher glaring in toward home plate and the crowd whooping it up over a home run. But maybe most of all, there's the sight of your kid wearing a baseball glove. Eyes big as saucers, collecting an autograph. Every game means something. What will it mean to you? Come on out and see the Pawtucket Red Sox. For ticket information, call 401-724-7300 or visit pawsox.com. 
Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And you are listening to the pre-recorded sounds of the truly, truly um, creepy, terrifying sounds of uh, what people think are the heavens trumpets, the trumpets of revelation, as one woman said. And the voice of Linda Moulton Howe, who was on the air with us, as well as uh, Larry Lowe. And it definitely gives us a new perspective on these sounds definitely definitely but now we're going to take you right back new skyradio.com believe and we're continuing continuing with our discussion of the strange earth sounds that have been reported around the world and uh, linda moulton howe is present making our presentation right now linda please take it away well you know the trumpet of gabriel has come up a lot and in english-speaking cultures that angel is associated with blowing a trumpet that starts the end of time and the resurrection at the last judgment but the fact is in all the research i've done there is no specific historic reference to gabriel blowing a trumpet in the hebrew bible or the new testament but in the last chapter of the new testament called Revelation, seven unnamed angels each blow a trumpet to announce each new phase of Earth's destructions. And the seventh angel's trumpet is supposed to cause the dead to rise up to meet Jesus Christ. The association of an angel blowing trumpet sounds at the end of time is now entrenched in popular culture. Could a government or other agency deliberately try to manipulate worldwide humanity with deliberate deceptive productions of horn or trumpet sounds in order to provoke fear and worry about 2012 long associated with the end of the Mayan stone calendar and apocalyptic worries. But trumpets are not the only strange sounds over the past year. There have been other sounds that are not musical and are bewildering to humans who have heard them in many parts of the world, including Norway, one of the videotapes uploaded to YouTube on September 23rd, 2011. Here now we begin with that Norway sound to be followed by people in Kansas who think they heard this there. One Kansas couple picked out the Norway video as the closest they could come to what sounded to them like a muffled TV set in the distance. The sound woke them up on September 3rd, 2011. Maura Damon, the wife, sent me an email about their strange experience. Maura is 54 years old and has lived in the Topeka, Kansas region all her life. Her husband, Bud, is 64, and the couple have made a living selling properties and restoring houses. At the end of 2010, they purchased a summer house at Perry Lake that is about 30 miles northeast of their Topeka home. That's where they were Labor Day weekend on September 3, 2011, when Mora was first awakened around 3 a.m. 
by a very strange sound that went on for at least 15 minutes. What I first was hearing, I thought, was the television on upstairs. And not just on, but like loud. Typically, when I'm downstairs, I don't hear the television at all, actually. It's never usually that loud. And so that was kind of weird. But I thought, did it come on on its own? I thought, well, i got to get up. I got to look up. But first, I'm going to go up and see why the television is on. So I go upstairs, and I get up there. It's not that at all. And I'm baffled. After I discovered it wasn't TV, I went back downstairs because we have sliding doors out of the bedroom into a little fenced area for the dogs. And when I got outside, I heard it in a clearer way, and I couldn't tell where it was coming from. It was just strange, echoey. And when I say echoey, it just has kind of an everywhere quality to it. It made me think of the echo of a muffled television. I kept trying to tell myself Someone has a window open and there's a TV on, but gosh, it's loud. You know, in in this setting, we all have at least a half acre of ground, the way the houses are situated. So my closest neighbor is up the hill a bit, and all the lights were out. I don't know what it was, except to say that it was strange. And so I stood out there for a good 10, 15 minutes trying to... It just really affected me because it was an odd sound. It was echoey, somewhat mechanical sounding, which television is. You just hear that quality, that, you know, electronic wah-wah type of a sound. This was a sound that was changing the way voices would change if you were hearing a TV in a background. But I wonder if you could try to just mimic what it was you were hearing. Well, it just was, oh, I feel silly doing it, but it wasn't, I couldn't make anything out, you know, but yet I kept trying to think that it was voices, just, you know, it sounded like television, and I know this is going to sound strange, but at the time, I kept thinking, like old television, like childhood television sound just a strange it haunted me because it was such a strange event and to go on you know I stayed out I listened finally just went back in with the animals and my husband was asleep as it turns out the next morning I'm telling him about it it's like well I heard that too and I went upstairs and this is a man who's deaf in his left ear and was sleeping on his good ear, and typically when that's happening, if the phone rings by his bed or even the alarm goes off in the morning, he never hears it. I have to wake him up. So that was strange. So how did he hear the sound? I know. (laughs) With him, once he can turn that good ear, he said he heard the sound and thought also that it was television. And so he went upstairs to find that our television was not on. It was a strange experience at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I didn't know anything about all this sound stuff around the world at the time till December when my nephew, 
from California who I had just hooked up with on Facebook like a week before posted after, I think it was December 1st, storms in Los Angeles that were very strange for them at that time of year. They had these incredible winds and things that were unusual. I think it was a little after 1 o'clock in the morning. He woke up to strange sounds and went outside. He did not record. He had friends that heard us too hearing something like the trumpet sounds that people have been experiencing in different places and he linked it to this Kiev video that so many people have seen. And that was my first time to see that. And then in that process, as YouTube does, it had made other suggestions, including this video from Norway. And that's when I found something that really was very similar to what I experienced that night. My husband agreed. It sounded a lot like what he thought he heard as well. But the point that it reminded me of it was about 34 seconds in, and it kind of almost sounds like muffled voices. And I would love an explanation, like I'm sure everybody would. Let me ask you something, Maura. When I hear that you and your husband both went upstairs thinking that the TV was left on or had come on, Mm -hmm. what comes into my mind is a sound of voices talking, but that neither you nor your husband could make words out of what sounded like television people talking. Yeah, I would say that that is definitely true because that night when I did go outside I kept trying to figure it out and it did have that quality but yet I never heard any particular words so kind of an old television sound. It's possible that whatever these sounds are is coming to us from something that is directing old television programs at us but in a garbled fashion or are trying to get our attention with various sounds that might make humans pay attention for reasons that are unknown. Mm, That's an interesting thought. I really hadn't thought of. Yeah, that's like projecting things back at us that they think might make some sense or at least have people react. Do I understand that it is your nephew in California in November, two months after Labor Day, who told you he had heard a strange sound that was like the video from Kiev, Ukraine? Yes, he did. I think it was November 30th into December 1st. They had some just very strange and unusual storms in Los Angeles and high winds, high enough winds, almost tornadic winds. And he woke up to high winds, went outside and heard these strange sounds in the night. And he posted on Facebook the next morning and a bunch of his friends said, oh, I heard that too. They're young. He's like 23 years old. And he linked to the Kiev video. And so that really caught my attention. And then I listened to some of the other ones from different places. And that Norway one really, that's when I went to my husband. I said, listen to this. Does this remind you at all of that? And he agreed that it somewhat did for him. 
And when we come back after this break, I will hear from the uh, NASA solar astrophysicist about the sound, what's happening on the sun, and the strange Russian paper that has been circulating around on the web. Hello, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal, and we were listening to that very, very eerie, eerie interview that we had with Linda Moulton Howe, but we must, it was very echoey, very echoey, indeed, Dave, indeed. But first, we must do a little bit of uh, a commercial for our fine sponsors, Amazon Kindle. The perfect gift at the perfect price. The Kindle Fire is now at one ninety nine, so you might as well get that as a gift for anybody at any time of the year, even if you just feel like getting somebody a gift. Amazon Kindle, that is where you must go. The Kindle is now, the original Kindle, which is the world's best-selling e-reader, is now new at seventy nine ninety nine. if you buy it online at Kindle.com. But for the Kindle Fire, you can get thousands of apps as well as Netflix and all these wonderful things you can always get. Free streaming videos as well and movies instantly on your Kindle Fire. So go to Amazon.com and get Kindle Fire for one ninety nine, and it is a great price. It is at a great price, and it is a great gift. So now we will go back to our interview with Linda Moulton Howe. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And Linda is playing some very interesting recordings for us from her recent investigations into all of these crazy noises everyone is hearing. So, Linda, take it away. Thanks. And as the mystery of the worldwide strange sounds was increasingly talked about on the Internet for the first time in January of 2012... At the end of that month, on January 28th, an alleged Azerbaijan geophysicist named Elchin Kalilov released a web article entitled, quote, Strange Sounds in Sky Explained by Scientists, close quote. Why he used scientists, plural, in his title, since he is the lone author, is as puzzling as the source of his alleged hypothesis that the strange global sounds are produced by, quote, acoustic gravity waves caused by powerful solar flares and plasma emissions from the sun as solar activity began to rise sharply since early 2011, close quote. So I contacted David Hathaway, Ph.D., solar physicist at the NASA Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Dr. Hathaway has been predicting for the past year that the 2013 solar maximum will be the weakest in nearly a century. His colleagues at the National Solar Observatory in Tucson, Arizona, have also presented research data about weakening sunspot magnetic fields by about 50 gauss per year. Their conclusion is that sunspots could completely vanish around 2015, beginning a maunder minimum cycle not seen for 300 years since 1715. All this means that contrary to the Elchin Kalilov web paper, there is nothing unusually strong about solar cycle 24 as it moves toward maximum a year from now in the summer of 2013. I begin my interview with Dr. Hathaway by quoting from Mr. Kalilov's web article. I'm quoting from Strange Sounds in Sky Explained by Scientists by Mr. Kalilov on January 28, 2012. 
the article begins, quote, We have analyzed records of these sounds and found that most of their spectrum lies within the infrasound range, not audible to humans. What people hear is only a small fraction of the actual power of these sounds. They are low-frequency acoustic emissions in the range between 20 and 100 hertz, modulated by ultra-low infrasonic waves from 0.1 to 15 hertz. In geophysics, they are called acoustic gravity waves. They are formed in the upper atmosphere at the atmosphere-ionosphere boundary in particular. Now, that's his lead and that these low-frequency acoustic emissions and the acoustic gravity waves that they produce are what he is saying is the essence of these sounds. The description that you read me where we call these acoustic gravity waves, it sounded like he was just spouting scientific terms without any real attribution as to this is where the noise is coming from. I'm unaware of any significant sounds coming from Aurora. People in Alaska that have been studying Aurora for decades, I'm sure would have heard them and would have set up microphones in an array so you can pinpoint where is the sound coming from, what is its frequencies that are being produced. Certainly the sound that I heard, that was very much in the audible range. You hear all the city sounds in this strange horn-like. Yeah, horn-like, I think is the correct description, but I really doubt that solar activity producing it. This is a small sunspot cycle. We've had huge sunspot cycles prior to this, so I strongly suspect that this is not the case. And isn't it true that ultra-low infrasonic is usually what might be associated with solar plasmas interacting with magnetic fields? Yeah, I mean, big things make low sound. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called infrasound because it's below the 20 hertz that human ears can hear. As far as solar activity and its effect on the Earth, certainly it produces the ionosphere, produces aurora, produces a lot of things. If that activity was producing sounds like this, uh, scientists would have been quick to jump on it. I mean, we're, we're curious folks, you know. <laughs> We've been studying solar activity and aurora and the ionosphere for a long time now. And I think if sounds like this, if they were associated with it, I'm sure we would have been on top of it a long time ago. Could you explain what happens on the sun, what leaves the sun, what interacts with Earth's magnetic fields that produces aurora? The particles that produce aurora come from within the Earth's magnetic field but they are energized and ultimately produced by disturbances hitting the Earth's magnetic field, and those disturbances come from the sun. So if we start at the sun, we have flares on the surface of the sun that are produced by twisted magnetic fields in sunspots that have blast material off of the sun, a billion tons of matter moving at a million miles an hour in what we call a coronal mass ejection. And so this is a cloud of ionized matter with embedded magnetic fields that's thrown off of the sun through the solar system. And when they're thrown at Earth, coronal mass ejection that's launched from a position that's near the center of the sun as we view it, that coronal mass ejection goes through the solar system in a matter of a couple days, reaches the Earth, and that's where the electrons that produce the aurora come from. 
they spin around magnetic field lines. And as they come into the atmosphere, they strike nitrogen and oxygen that's in our atmosphere. And if it's high enough up where they hit, they produce the colors. Reds produce real high, and you can often see red aurorae at fairly low latitudes during a big storm. Why are they high? Because of the path that the magnetic field lines take, for the electrons to get down low into the atmosphere, it's difficult at lower latitudes just because the magnetic field lines, instead of coming into the atmosphere, are more or less moving along it. They're moving at an angle more parallel to the surface of the Earth instead of coming in through the atmosphere. Now, some of the most spectacular aurora photographs, they have had beautiful curves to them. Are we seeing the curves of the magnetic fields? Yeah, very much so. It's what the electrons streaming down. And so depending upon which field lines they'll come down, they're often like curtains. And the one or two I've seen, they look like curtains that are continually moving around and it's because the electrons are coming down on different magnetic field lines as they stream into the atmosphere. So is it fair for me as a reporter to say that acoustic gravity waves could not explain the horn-like sounds in the Kiev Ukraine video or the strange up and down white noise in the Norway video? It's highly unlikely. The acoustic waves and the gravity waves that are produced within the Earth's atmosphere are produced by atmospheric phenomena. As a solar and space scientist, I'm more concerned about trying to attribute those noises to solar activity. That's where I think, no, I think they're really off on the wrong foot there. Certainly something is making those noises. I'm just incredulous about the possibility that it's solar activity that's producing them. So in all of your work as a solar physicist, you have never heard of anyone anywhere on the planet hearing or recording sounds from plasmas interacting with the Earth's magnetic fields. Uh, actual acoustic sounds, I don't know of any scientific studies that say there was this aurora and we detected these sounds from that aurora. Certainly there are lots of disturbances that are produced by aurora, by lightning in the Earth's atmosphere and so forth. Lightning, of course, we hear thunder, so there's no doubt that lightning produces sound. But it also produces disturbances along these magnetic field lines that you can hear it via radio. Old AM and certainly in shortwave radio transmissions, you can hear at radio frequencies these disturbances moving around in the Earth's magnetic field. And it sounds like a lot of static, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like static, but the interesting one are what are called whistler modes. As the magnetic field lines go into the north and south pole, they get closer and closer together and they get stronger. And it makes the electrons that are moving along those field lines produce radio waves at different frequencies. And so uh, what you can hear when you're listening to a radio, you'll often hear what are called whistler modes. It'll sound like someone whistling, but with a pitch changing. <laughs> Things like that. Mm -hmm. So there's whistler modes. There's roaring that sounds like noise. There's a lot of noise that you hear at radio frequencies that does come from these electrons moving around in the Earth's magnetic field. Is there anything that is going on with the sun and this solar system that might be different now in 2011 to 2012 
than has ever been between the sun and the solar system before. Is there any anomaly that you all have even had curiosity about? Not that I can think of. Nothing. Everything's pretty much as it was. So we truly have a mystery about what would be producing horn-like sounds and strange white noise, staticky, loud sounds around the world in just the last year. What if it is a real phenomenon, others white noise, are being generated at certain latitudes and longitudes for reasons unknown? Then it would be really interesting. <laughs> that's that's why I'm trying to figure out what is going on exactly. And I'll uh, and it goes on with fascinating discussion about what is happening with Solar Cycle 24 and the possible uh, low intensity. But I think that this gives you all a sense of some of the sounds, what people are hearing all over the planet, and that. Whatever was the reason for the strange geojournal uh, sky sounds explained by scientists, it didn't explain anything. And it makes me wonder if counterintelligence operations are now working overtime trying to muddy the waters and deflect public and media attention from a really seriously strange phenomenon. Mm. Well, Linda, first of all, thank you for an outstanding report, as always. Uh, Larry has been sitting very quietly uh, listening. And, Larry, what say you about all this? What's going on here? Well, I think that this uh, phenomenon fits the definition of an enigma. Uh, there's a lot of explanations get offered, uh, and none of them are, are totally satisfying. Um, Kilolov seems to be a good example of self-promotion. Um, I uh, sent him an email to all three of his addresses with his high-sounding high titles. I got no response whatsoever uh, for him to back up. I, I did what research I could on the um, acoustic gravity waves, and I found that they do indeed occur, but they're at an incredibly low amplitude, and you have to use a thing called a microbarograph to measure them. That's right. And he says in his piece that, that you would have to have a stunning amount of energy going into the atmosphere to uh, provoke the kind of uh, response that he is conjecturing in this paper. Uh, and I think and it's, it's I think it's nothing more than a conjecture on his part that this is you know a plausible solution. Uh, but I can't I can't really see that there's a mechanism that has that much power that would be doing what he's talking about. And you so, just heard from Dr. David Hathaway. That's what he does for a living and has for many years. He's a solar physicist and says there's no nothing that he knows of that you could tie anything that's going on in the sun with the magnetic fields that would make any of the sounds that people have recorded. Well, I've had the privilege of being in Alaska and looking at the lights firsthand. And one of the really eerie things about them is that there's a, there could be a very vast visual display and they are absolutely silent. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think there is I think there is perhaps a clue in the last part of his the very last paragraph where he says uh, to the effect that the uh, Okay, I'm afraid we have to go to a break folks where we'll continue this as soon as we get back. It all right, that was a pre-recorded show. It was a it, the show number was actually um, just get the show number here. It was 
show 320. So if you guys want to go back and listen to the show in its entirety with all our fun comments and commercials and things, you can do that on our website, www.behindtheparanormal.com. So now we are in the studio and we are re- we are playing these recordings for you. And it was it's definitely a very interesting interview and we will go right back to that interview. So stick with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful. Sorry, we were just just kidding there. <laughs> we're still getting ourselves together here with this. It's uh, it's a very very complicated process, especially when you don't have a mouse. Okay, so we will go right back to those recorded interviews and to create a reality that is spiritual. Third time's the charm. All right, third time's the charm. Let's see if we got this. Almost there. About DARPA's plan for what they call battlefield illusions. And I'll read a a paragraph of that, and then that will spark conversation from there. Uh, In the early years of the war on terror, many in the defense tech industry floated the idea of a voice of God weapon. The idea was to use directed sound waves to convince would-be jihadists that Allah himself was speaking into their ears and ordering them to put down their suicide belts. The U.S. Army's Medusa mob excess deterrent using silent audio project had the same goal, but used a different slice of the electromagnetic spectrum, microwaves, to create sounds that seemed to be coming from inside the target's head, which would be perceived as omnidirectional, and might explain the fellow with the ear issue. Uh, Neither program, as far as the writer of this article knows, got out of the laboratory. So is is it weapons testing? Is that a possibility? Does that make any sense? Well, I raised that in uh, part of my segue between the two different sounds. My own question is, could government agencies, for reasons unknown, be deliberately deceiving the public by generating sounds as a test of their reactions? Or trying to manipulate 2012 into a year of fear, taking advantage of the closing Mayan calendar and anxiety that people already have about apocalyptic issues. Larry, if that were happening, what do you think would be the goal, the motive, the agenda? Well, I think it's difficult to project a motive or an agenda. I think you can say without much effort that the military doesn't hesitate to test out exotic and unusual weaponry, particularly the sort of soft weaponry uh, around, just to see what the effect is and whether or not they've got a motive to uh, manipulate the perception of the 2012 phenomenon is would, would only be conjecture, which I can't. I'm not prepared to do at this point. It's certainly that, one thing to consider. Does that article say how far was it? DARPA that was financing. Yeah, this was all DARPA kind of material, and they spend a lot of money doing a lot of things, and a lot of it never sees a battlefield, and a lot of it gets used, and you never even know it gets used. Right, but one was the year of publication usually would be either at the end of something or the middle. Well, the article just came out recently uh, on the 14th, so it's... It's, uh, I, I don't think I have a date on this particular. They're talking about is invisibility cloaks, 
and uh, spending three and a half million on electro optical invisibility and other issues like that. So I, I don't have a date on the exact program, but Which you could, could you could you could postulate that. A, a new form of weapon has come to a state where you kind of want to find out if it works and you don't want to make a big deal about it. So you test it around the world several places. You might even test it in Russia just to see if it works on, you know, outside the country and other populations. And then, and then sit back and watch YouTube and see, hmm, did anybody report this? And how ironic it would be if this is the back engineering of extraterrestrial technology. Well, indeed. What about the possibility of hoaxing, though? Well, the hoaxes would be those three or four videotapes that they haven't actually been conclusively proved to be the identical Kiev. I want you to know that. Uh, there's a bird missing. There's various things missing, uh, which it's very difficult right now. Uh, Whitley Strieber and some others tried very hard to see if they could prove that everything lined up and it was all the same. And it's still confusing about whether somebody was lifting the Kiev in some others or not. But Kiev is the only one that I'm aware of where people had picked it up possibly in other tracks that doesn't explain any of the strange Norway old TV in the distance sounds. It doesn't uh, explain any of the bizarre, uh, uh, we'll call them drumming sounds like Colorado. Uh, there is a wide range and it doesn't explain what happened in Mexico where they had 300 or 400 calls to the news departments of Mexico, the nation of Mexico TV stations, and they had news about these strange, and those, again, were the uh, kind of white noise with a rhythm to it, if you have heard them. So maybe, Larry, if it is an experiment going around the world and they're using YouTube as a test, it still leaves the question why would it be happening now if it weren't trying to take it if they weren't trying to take advantage of 2012 mythology well i'm afraid we're going to have to leave the question there because we're out of time but thank all right and we are almost out of time so thank you for bearing with us on with uh listening to our pre-recorded interviews with linda moulton howe and Larry Lowe. So our announcements for tonight, we'll get these out of the way. My dad and I have several public appearances coming up with our presentation, Exploring the Paranormal, with CBS Radio's Paul and Ben Eno in Torrington, Connecticut, on Thursday, July 19th, in Woodbridge, Suffolk, England, on Saturday, September 22nd, and Warwick, Rhode Island, Sunday, October 28th. So watch for more news at www.behindtheparanormal.com com and you can check there for details on these upcoming events. Yeah, just to remind you, if you'd like to hear that whole show in its entirety, of course, that will be show number 320, behindtheparanormal.com, and our podcast page. All right. Now, so we have nearly 400 podcasts, and uh, don't forget to check Hold on. Oh, uh, let me read this, because for some reason, your mic isn't working. So on our regular CBS edition on Sunday, June 24th, in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, we'll welcome our uh, guest of particular interest to our local audience, Dave Kane, father of the youngest victim at the 2003 Station Nightclub fire. But that's about all we have 
time for tonight because we are out of time. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.